Left. Right. So I want to tell you where Sip Talk came from. These guys were sitting in the office one night. They'd been drinking. They'd been working. They stopped working. They got into this conversation. They kept drinking. They realized the conversation was going somewhere kind of interesting, and they started recording themselves. And they recorded this. They turned it into a podcast. They threw out two episodes, and that's where I took over because so much time went by, and they weren't following up. But I thought it was a great idea. So I've commandeered it. This is Sip Talk. You were listening. You were watching Sip Talk. Um, but this episode has one of the original guys. His name is Midhead Josek, and he'd had a couple of drinks before we started, but we didn't have much of a linear conversation, but I'm hoping you find some of the content interesting, you enjoy the back and forth, and uh, I appreciate you being here. If you are watching or you're listening, wherever you are listening or watching, there are some links below, uh, the links included, wherever it is. Uh, check them out. There's some cool stuff, some free money, some free stocks. Um, I would invite you to check it out because it does help the podcast. So thank you very much. Uh, happy you're here. See ya. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 Live episode 48 of Sip Talk. We're missing James the Bosnia Boswell today, but we have Andreas Battaglia here, uh, connoisseur, sommelier. Uh, where else are we go with your professional designations here? He, he's been drinking, so uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. And we're missing the Bosniator, but we have a Bosnian. We have Midhead Josic. He's also had a couple of cocktails this afternoon, so he's happy to be joining us. We're going to be talking about politics a little bit as uh, the debate is looming. Uh, as of our recording, we got the debate in a couple of hours. We're looking forward to that. It's probably why these guys are drinking. After you said that, I have to. Yeah, as, as much as they are. Mito is, Mito, we call Midhead. Mito is strengthening his cocktail. Uh, today, I got some Buchanan and Coke. Pepsi Max. Hey, and Brett. Why don't you pull that a cocktail? That's a cocktail. Right. It's a cocktail. Uh, less fruity and sugary. True. Same, same thing, but it's same thing, but it's sugar-free. Um, but uh, Mita was talking about politics a little earlier. I don't like to talk about politics very much, as it tends to be pretty divisive. Uh, I've always believed that there are three things men will never agree on. Politics, sports, and religion. So, regardless of uh, wherever those three topics, we will never agree on. You always think that this yes, team is better than mine, his political views are better than mine, or his religion is better than mine. We always have those. No, we agree on certain things as, as intellectual individuals, as intellectual individuals, as human beings, we agree on certain things. As but when it comes it's to politics, true. when it comes to politics, intellectuals debate back and forth, and yeah. people yeah. have different morals, different backgrounds. You can have a very intellectual conversation sure. about politics, just like you guys are discussing right before we started about free market leases and the fact that they're going to start regulating rents. They're going to start, uh, you know, regulating rent increases. We had a client today who didn't want to pay an extra eighteen dollars a month, but was willing to prepay. The lease in full and didn't feel that she needed to hire a lease insurance company at the cost of $18 extra a month when she had the money in the bank and was willing to prepay. Now, we, we had to explain because this law that came out last year, it's now illegal to prepay rent, which it's going to cost if she pays monthly, it costs her the same as if she pays all the months up front. But because paying all the months up front is now illegal, her only other option to give the landlord added security is to hire a guarantee service, an insurance service, effectively a corporate guarantor, which is now an additional cost to her. So this law has really backfired for her. And we've talked about this law before. Um, and it's leaving a lot of people homeless as well, because New York City especially is a city of a bunch of immigrants. 
legal and illegal immigrants. And when you are a legal immigrant in New York City, it's hard for you to, to build credit. So credit takes between three to four years to actually, you know, be a, be a robust credit of 720 and up or even 650 and up. <laughs> uh, and that's doing everything correctly, paying everything on time, not utilizing more than 30% of your credit cards. Uh, that's how you get into good credit. Most of these people that come here on the legal law or are here legally, they cannot obtain an apartment with these current uh, laws because one, they don't have good credit. They don't have credit at all. Or they don't have credit at all. And some of them are just students. Well, let's, students let's discuss our social security. Let's, yeah. Well, students may have social security, yeah. but let's discuss our perspective. We're in Manhattan. There's very high demand, which even when the demand isn't high, it's way higher than most other most other areas. So landlords can be more discriminating when it comes to they're not discriminating. I don't mean discriminating on race or age or sex or whatever, but they're discriminating on financials, which I think is a reasonable thing to be discriminating on. So the landlords are discriminating on, on finances, and they typically set a requirement at 680 or 700 credit score, and someone earning 40 times a monthly rent. So if the rent is 2,000, which is a very low pretty reasonable, but low on, on the scale of Manhattan rents, 2,000, they have to earn 80,000 for the year, which 80,000 for the year, roughly 60,000 or so take home after tax, roughly. I don't know exactly what the tax rates are right now. And then 24,000 of that is going to be going towards rent. So that leaves them with 36,000 in living expenses that they can put on whatever else they have going on in life. I think that sounds pretty reasonable. Uh, I see a lot of credit reports and I think under 680, there's reason. There's a reason that it's under 680. That national average credit score is about 720 or 740, something like that. So when you're seeing 680, something's going on. So landlords are asking for additional security but what you're saying is it's difficult to achieve a 740 credit score. That's not, that's not the issue. We're talking about people that are just coming into the country yeah. with nothing. It's difficult but, to achieve a credit score they have savings when, when you're coming with nothing. Yes, like nobody, okay, we have immigrants coming, okay, fine. But a lot of those immigrants, maybe half of them have savings in their account that they could prepay maybe three or four months and they still have- Which is traditionally what we've done yeah, in New yeah. York City with internationals is yeah. have someone prepay three or four months or pay extra security deposit, which doesn't go towards rent, but acts as a buffer. But someone who just went on vacation in other countries, which we talked about last time you were here, right. how easy is it to be in a new country and spend a shit ton of money? Very easy. Yeah, we talked about being in an airport and for some reason when you're in an airport it's okay to drink at 9 a.m well when you're on vacation it's all of a sudden okay to blow four hundred dollars or forty two hundred dollars on clothes when you go shopping which is wild i'll go to the store here and be like i only will buy one thing and i'll be very discriminating with what i buy yeah. when i go on vacation i'm like yeah i'll get three pairs of shoes I do it differently yeah. because I plan for a vacation and I save, I budget for that vacation. So if I have this money saved up, I'm going to blow, you know. You're going to blow all of it. <laughs> on the, the, the budget on the vacation. It's not like I set a, a different, I was just like, this is the bond that I'm going to spend and I have to allocate that to it. Sure, but point is you can go through a lot, you can go through a lot of, you go through a lot of money. Costs. You go yes. through a lot of money. Yes. And also being new to a country, you have unexpected costs. So oh, yeah, if the rent is going to cost 2000 a month and you have 30 grand a bank account, okay. you might be thinking, if, now if you pay 24000 right off the bat to rent, landlord's taken care of. Yeah. But if, if you think that that 24000 of the 30000 is just going to sit there and you're going to chip away at it while you make rent payments, there's a really good chance you think you got that 6000 buffer but you got the extra couple of thousand just in case, and you may not budget as well when you got 30 grand in the account, right? You see where I'm going with this? I know, but like a lot of people are not, a lot of people are renting apartments in their city, and especially in Manhattan, are not that dumb. You don't think so? Not really. 
I think a lot of young people, especially students, can go no, through. No, that's student because they're, it's different. They're it's a different thing. Yeah. It's a different thing. We're talking about we're talking about people that have immigrated to this country versus students. Students is a different thing. It's a whole other different topic. Like like well, that migrated migrated here with like forty thousand dollars in his bank account is different than than a student. Well, I I'll that's, give you. That's from you know. I'm gonna I'll, I'll, I I want to just touch on immigrant mindset. When you're an immigrant and you come to the U.S., you're typically really focused on work and savings. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's a different mindset. But that's not how it is for everybody. If so I was, sure, if sure. I was, if so I was to go to be like, pay whatever you want to the landlord and you could ask whatever you want. If I was to go to Bosnia with 40 grand in my bank account, right. I would be spending it much differently than someone in Bosnia coming to New York to immigrating to New York with 40 grand in their bank right. account. I would probably go through it much more quickly than right. the, the inverse of side of that. Yes. But you're going there on but, vacations. And but point is, now we're talking individual spending yeah. styles, and, and the landlord can't account for that. Like when somebody says, I have a rot Rottweiler, but he's a good Rottweiler. The landlord's, well, if you said he's good. No, but we're, I think we're on the same point, but we're, uh, I think, sure. with but, the law being flexible, but now it's not flexible. But let's. It's not flexible. Because apparently this law wanted to protect landlords that wanted to take advantage of, you know, immigrants. Let's just keep on the topic of immigrants. That you give six months, six months uh, in advance yeah. because you don't have a social security or you don't have a no credit. Yeah, so you go and give them six months. And once your lease is done, probably there's somebody else that wants to pay $100 extra on the same apartment that you're currently living. And the landlord was like, okay, I have to keep you out. So he takes the six uh, months of... Uh, so you're, you 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 lose bargaining power once you prepay. Exactly. exactly. So that's the downside yeah. of prepaying. If you prepay, no, if you, pay, you, if you, if you prepay six months and you have a twelve month lease, you said. What if you prepay no, twelve you, months yeah. and then you need to you you feel you maybe there's an infestation or yeah. the electricity okay. doesn't work? You no longer have the bargaining power, your legal right okay. to withhold rent, and that's that's the downside. With doing that. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, that's my next and then again, you know, that in New York, the market before this pandemic happened kept increasing more and more and more. The listen, rest of the listen, apartment. You're still in that circumstance. You have to. Listen, you're moving to another fucking place a year. You're going to spend a year. You have to struggle for that year. Anyway, even if you have fucking money, unless you're like multi million dollars, you have to sort of go through these hoops and, and do these shit. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I feel you on that. On that. Um, I want to pivot a little bit into some more politics, though, because we were talking about fair market apartments. We were talking about how the rent is especially low this year. Landlords are locking themselves into very low rates. And the government is basically dictating how much they can increase the rent prices year after year. We're going to have some major issues. What are you going to say? Uh, yeah, because of the, rent, uh, the building that I have exclusive with. Yeah. So Mino has an exclusive. He has a small exclusive portfolio of buildings in Queens. Um, I was gonna say call for another month free, but the person in charge of that building said, "Oh, maybe we can just reduce the rent." I was like, "No, that's a bad idea because that's gonna lose the value of the I'll building." Rather offer a month, uh, another free month, keep the rent the same because when they renew, it's gonna be in the same amount. Because if you reduce the rent at a certain point, because the building is rent stabilized, you're going to have to jump to. Exactly. So what my advice to landlords all along has been: give free rent, don't reduce the rate. And we had a client today came in; she was expecting to be paying the net rent every month. So super, like we've never seen prices this low. Super low priced apartment, sixteen fifty. Uh, they were giving a free month. Then get netted out over the course of the lease, netted out to be fifteen twenty eight or something a month. She wanted to pay fifteen twenty eight a month, and she said, "Well, I need to be paying fifteen twenty eight a month now. Giving me the last month free doesn't help me. We're in the pandemic now. I figure in a year we should be good. But I mean, back in back in March, we thought in two weeks would be good. So, hey, listen. All right, the places cool. I listen. No, the places I represent, you could you could the second month is free." 
So it doesn't matter what you want to screen. It does. Not reduce it does. It does because if you give the certified check and you're you're expecting uh, the next paycheck to, you know, yeah. amount yeah. so you can pay the next check. If you have second, and uh, third month free, that gives you enough uh, to save in your savings. You're basically sure. taking those two months and putting in the account. Sure. Now, I want to talk about rent regulation and and the government being in control of how much you can charge every month, the pros and cons of that. Do me a favor, describe the fridge and pass the drink in the freezer to Andreas and pass out. Which one? Um, in the freezer. So we have, we have rent stabilization laws. We have rent control laws in the black bag. We have rent control laws in New York City, and they control how much we can charge for rent. They control how much we can increase rent. And I'm really curious what the, what the pros and cons are and what the opinions of the pros and cons are on this. I, I really believe a bit more in fair market. And then you have something like coronavirus, which has a huge effect on, on what the market is dictating for rent. And right now you see a lot of people reducing it, but now they're afraid if they reduce it, they're never gonna be able to increase it again because there's no fair market. So the issue, the reason we have the regulation is because rent prices grow and grow and grow and people get priced out and they get pushed out and things like gentrification and, uh, you know, there's, a, there's, there's, there's some negatives with people who live in an apartment, they're paying 1100 a month and the landlord's like, well, your lease is up, we want 3000 a month. And you're like, well, that's almost a 300% increase. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are on that. I want, uh, in the comments, I wanna see what people have to say. I'm watching the comments. So I'm curious what people's thoughts are. But what are you guys' thoughts on rent regulation and if there's no demand, there's no supply, right? No, that's not true. Yeah, it is. If there's no demand, the supply exists. Supply exists, but at a, a little price, very low price. Well, so if there's demand, what are you saying? If there's no demand, you're saying that so the price drops. Yeah. Okay. 100%. But like right now, mm -hmm. the price had to drop drastically because there's no demand, so they're gonna fix. It. I actually, I actually have the best case for this. I don't know if you guys know about the situation in Argentina. They're, they're going to the biggest recession ever. Uh, and basically the, the government allows you to buy dollars for cent, 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 a certain amount of dollars. You can only buy $200 per month, I think it is. Uh, and then there is a, a price that is legally, that you can buy it through uh, the government. Yeah. You know, it's 79 pesos per dollar. Yeah. But since it's illegal to buy more than $200 per month, there's a black market for it. I don't, so the, 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 I don't understand what you're talking about, buying dollars. What do you uh, so it comes to the, uh, the demand and all these things. So there's okay. a black market for that. For what? what for, the, for the dollars, for the dollars. Oh, yeah. So We're buying dollars? Yeah, hold on. I'm getting to his point. Same thing in Bosnia. I never exchanged money in my town. Well, just bear in mind, guys. Yeah, this is the I, whole... This, this is my first drink, no, 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 and I'm trying to figure out exactly. I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is that you're trying to explain. Okay, okay. And, gotta, and don't forget, you got to speak up because the, the microphone no, is over here. To, to get there. So the thing is that there will always be in your a, country in, in Ecuador, Argentina, in Argentina, in Argentina. Okay. Uh, uh, the, government right? the government controls how much dollars can you buy. Okay. To a certain price, so you can only buy two hundred dollars. US dollars. Uh, at 200 US dollars okay. at 79 uh, pesos per dollar. Mm -hmm. But there's a black market because a lot of Argentinians save their money in dollars, not in the regular currency. Mm -hmm. So there's a black market and they don't sell you a dollar at 79 pesos. They oh, sell you a dollar at 150 pesos. Mm -hmm. So that's you like, know, a, that's like subletting a rent regulated apartment. That's what, we, that's what we're getting. Okay. So the, right, well, the demand well, and... Uh, okay, so... Um, so it's more subletting, I guess, what he's speaking of right now. Is there's more subletting going on and rooms yeah, exactly. and, and leases and, and there's like all confusion. So you basically, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. I I have difficulty being fully on board with rent regulation because I think it defeats fair market. I do. 
I do see the major downside with neighborhoods being destroyed because there's demand and the prices go up and the people that live there get priced out. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when you're renting something, when you're renting something, it's not yours. They get priced out. They can, yeah. If you're if you're on a twelve month lease and you've been paying eleven hundred a month. The, yeah, the, the lease is over. But what I'm saying, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Laws. So if we get rid of the laws, yeah. how bad do you get fucked? No, we're not talking about those laws. We're talking about the new laws. Well, I'm talking about all the laws. I'm talking about rent stabilization, rent control, and versus totally free market. No, no but at the same time, as a tenant, if I'm staying in an apartment that's 1100 if a landlord comes in and wants to renovate the whole thing, all right, fine. You have an excuse to charge me whatever the amount is right now for your work that's being done improving my living conditions in the apartment. Sure, but what if you don't want to improve your living conditions? What if you're happy you're paying one thousand one hundred? I my concern is what the definition of rent is, and you know I don't necessarily know that rent stabilization is a is a great thing uh i do think because i I, my my biggest concern is just that people i think that i think renters do have too many rights yeah i think renters have too many rights and um but i also think the landlords need to suffer the consequences consequences of bad markets like right now but they are people are trying to move out and and their leases and again for example, Helen's Point. Helen's Point. Helen's Point. Which means five months free. Five months free. Five months free. But you're paying a higher rate. No, yeah, you're paying you're a higher five rate. Five months. You're just paying for what? Seven uh, months. You should live there for a year. I'm sure. And you get a beautiful, beautiful. But let me, let me. Here's my thing: is when you move into when when you rent a car after 30 days, which is the longest amount of time you can you can legally rent a car because otherwise it's leasing a car there's no there's no like 10 days free (laughs) but but when you rent a car it's not your car and you have to give it back and after the 30 days the price can change right but the way the rental laws work in new york city is that if you want to renew the landlord has to charge you the same price plus a a a regulated Plus a regulated, if it's a right, and that's what I'm talking about, right? Regulated. So the landlord has to charge you the same price plus a regulated increase, which is very low. And I think that's crazy because some people are in crazy rent control apartments from the 70s and the 80s and even the 90s. And most of those landlords have had those buildings since the 70s and 90s. They paid it all. So whatever the money have, most of them. So whatever money they get from like the right. the five apartments that they have in the building that are unstabilized, they're making up for it in the other, I don't know, 25 other apartments that they have that are not regulated or not unstable. But what 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 doesn't where is the where is their right to charge a higher rent? Where does where does renting become ownership? Where does you move into someone else's place temporarily? And then you can dictate the terms moving forward. So am I selling now? No, I'm just talking about the general renting laws. I think when you move into a place for a year, and that's in 1984, and now it's 2011. Because at the end of 1984, you chose to renew. The landlord raised the rent by 2%. In 1985, came to an end. You renewed. They raised the rent by whatever percent. Right. 86, 87, 88. It does, it does not make sense. But they're sense. regulated. It, do, it doesn't make sense. But at the same time, I to wanna, keep the aesthetics of the city what of I, New what, York. To keep the aesthetics. The sure. culture. Not right now. So but, they enter into Dubai. But I want, I, I want to, I really, I, I need a more logical, less emotional reason than to the, keep the culture because that seems it's I, stupid. It well, no, I'm not saying it's stupid. I think I I love New York culture. I love the culture of different neighborhoods. 
But, but if, you, if you raise a rent, you wouldn't have that. Well, no, you're, you're you going to have that. Everything's going yeah. to be, everything's going to be washed out, culture-wise yeah. and things like that. So is that the simple reason? It's just culture? No, it's not. And what and and who's who who's tying a culture to a neighborhood and how is that not racist? Yeah. I mean, it's not racist. For the racial. longest time, Harlem was known for uh, just putting black people in, in that specific what? place. And then and you now, have Spanish Harlem. And then you have Spanish Harlem. And now, because my mom lives here for like I don't know twenty four years, and when she came to the U.S., she was like, "Where I live now, it's nothing what it's like now. Now it's clean." Washington Heights, Hamilton Heights, it's beautiful, it's super clean, it's full of diversity. We have Asians, we have uh, Hispanics, we have uh, Blacks, we have Whites, we have every single culture colliding one, colliding, colliding, but all of them getting along. They know that they're from uh, Hamilton Heights. They don't go like, I'm Black, I'm White, I don't know, I'm from Heights, and they clean the city, they keep it all clean. It's far cleaner than Midtown. If you go to Midtown, there's a lot of people yeah, yeah, yeah. doing heroin, there's a lot of people throwing garbage everywhere. And we have, yeah, and we have high risers. We have this, the Empire State Building right here. It's a landmark. And it's all dirty, it's all clean. I had a friend of mine who came to visit three, three weeks ago. And no, I think that this, this, is like, of... this is nothing what New York used to be when I first came here, which is maybe about a year ago. It's people that had certain types of jobs affording that rent because the, the, the jobs, the wages that increase. <laughs> so you gotta current, you gotta keep a certain level of people here in the city that are certain. Let me, let me, let me ask a question. Salary. If, if it, in, just run the scenario through. But I still don't if in get 1980, it. if I in still, 1980, we just did it. away with rent control, we did away with rent stabilization. Yeah. Where would we be now? What would the city look like? Oh, it would be fucking fantastic. You think? 100%. Well, people would have been priced out. Yeah. And other people, like, it would, it would turn to, like, generic, you know, I'm going, you know, Apple watches everywhere. We're going to, uh, every, like, a robot. I don't think it turns into the Jetsons. I don't think, I don't think it turns into the, no, I don't think it turns into the future, but. But I'm just curious. Well, listen, it'll be another Dubai. If you had a free market, yeah, uh, well, does Dubai have regulation on things like that? I don't know. And then how big do the outer boroughs grow? And how much is, what's the spread look, what's the, you know, what's the spread look like on people moving further out to the suburbs, further upstate? Maybe it strengthens our transit system because those are the workers in the city and they have to get to the city faster. Does maybe does our transit system suck because we keep the you know, the majority of people using yeah, the transit system? Yeah, you got a lot of people moving out because they can't afford to live here, so I'm going to move out and I'm going to travel here. But they have to travel here for the infrastructure of the city yeah. to work, and for the in infrastructure of the city to work, yeah. we have to have a good transit system. I I, I think I heard that so there's eight point seven million people living in the city of Manhattan, but uh, thirty five million people come to work in the city of Manhattan. Yeah. So, in the mass capacity, it will be 35 million people in the city moving in and out of New Jersey, the Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn. To come yeah, to there's the a city. lot of people coming yeah. here from New Jersey. Yeah, so, uh, and, you know, we, I personally, I come from a third world country and I think that we have one of the best uh, public transportation systems. Where the MTA is 24 7. Oh, I thought you said, I thought you were you coughing at it. We have a good uh, MTA, we have buses, we have all these things that are 24 7. Not now because of the pandemic, they have to clean. They have to shut down at one, and then they open back again at five. But because they have to clean the whole transit system. Uh, but other than that, uh, I've seen some places where they charge I don't know twenty five hundred dollars that are not well renovated, that are not well you know. It's and that's where I I believe people go and think like, oh, when, why am I paying twenty five hundred dollars for an apartment that's not new renovated? That's not that's the incentive that landlords get. Where though? Some places in Washington Heights, some places in. How big is the space? The, the space is big. The space is big. So that's compared the thing. to New York. That's the thing. Where, wait, where, where is this? This is basically uh, Hamilton Heights, Washington Heights, where the space is. I know you said compared to New York. And that's compared, why. compared to Chelsea, compared, compared to, to downtown. Yeah, downtown Manhattan. Because in Chelsea, you can pay 
for a two-bedroom apartment that is literally, I don't know, 500 square foot, and it's a two-bedroom apartment, 500 Dude, square you foot. You get a 19, yeah. $1,900 one-bedroom in, in, uh, in Washington Heights, a laundry elevator. Yeah. You can't even get a studio in, in Chelsea. Well, we, we have we have somebody that's alive that said her aunt has lived in the village for 50 years in a rent control apartment. Um, I just, I want to, I, I don't know if she's still listening, but I'm going to try to bring her on. And because I just have questions for for that. And I'm really indifferent on this. I, I don't own property. I rent property. Looking at moving to Jersey. I work in real estate, so I see both sides of this. I represent landlords. And then again, and, we have a different culture of people. We have a different generation that wants to rent more than they want to buy. Because if they rent, they don't have any attachment to right. a place. They can rent yes. for two years in downtown, then they can move to Brooklyn. They can right, let's, see if, let's see if, if, if she jumps on it. I don't, I don't foresee that happening. But um, but I do I do want to get, I'm just, I'm curious of the mentality when someone, when someone moves in and, and into a rent control apartment, what their expectations are, and if. What do you mean? Their expectations are zero to two percent. Your aim. I mean, that's it. That's my thinking is is rent is very akin to borrowing. So if someone's like, I want to borrow your car, and then they're like, Well, I'm just going to keep driving. Unless it. they pay you. I'm, well, they're like, I'll give you fifty bucks car. to borrow your car for the weekend, okay. and they're like. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'll, get, I'll give you 50 bucks, you know, for the next week too. I'm like, well, no, I need it back now. Well, it's mine now. Just, we already have this agreement. 50 is 50. I'm like, well, and then I'm like, I get the government involved. The government's like, well, 50 next week time. you can charge them $51. And I'm like, but I need the car back. And then now you've got to buy your own car. Like, but now cars are costing $200 a week. And I'm like, well, but I, but I was just letting them borrow it. That's my issue with renting, and what I want to um, what I want to I just want to understand the mentality where someone moves in. If if my so if they raised my rent when I moved up into Harlem, my rent was fifteen twenty five, and I was no subletting. I was subletting an apartment in Queens at nine hundred bucks a month. No way, fifteen twenty five. One fifty one. Gold five building. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah, one fifty one. I was paying fifteen twenty five, and then they raised it to wow. fifteen seventy five, and then sixteen Great, so something, so and then it was, I yeah, think it was, it was seventeen ninety five or so when I moved out, and I moved into something that was around three thousand dollars, but I moved because at that point I was I was looking at paying nearly two grand, and then why am I why am I living another another hundred blocks north? When I, um, you know, it's not, it's just not worth it. And I moved, but they continue to increase my rent. And every how often? Every lease they increase my rent. Like right. Every two years or every year? Every, every year, year, every year they, every year they increase my rent. Yeah. And they're allowed to do that. And they were allowed to do that for the most part, but now they're not allowed to anymore because the new laws don't allow that. It's still zero to something percent. It's like it's like up to three percent, or I, I don't know the specifics, but I know they I know that they're they're very limited with how much they can increase it, and that's you know I, I moved out. They were increasing my rent. I lost the value, and I moved out. And and now well, you moved out. I spent more money. More I spent. I spent an apartment. You didn't move out because you had. Sure. To. Not everybody. Not everybody's in that position. Oh, I had to move out. Not everybody's oh, in that position. God. So luxury apartment. But apartment. some people may say, "I have to move out. <laughs> I have to move out to somewhere cheaper." Right. And this and is not the time move, that we're living in. Now. And they would move further north. Right. And then if the same thing happened there over the course of three or four years, they may they may move somewhere even further north. They well, might go to Yonkers. They might go to Long Island. Like, oh my God. I'm moving. They're increasing my rent. They're increasing my rent. They keep increasing my rent. I'm going to go to a car that's 3,000. 1,700. So, um, but, but, they, but, but I lost the incentive to be there. I mean, I understand the fact that you wanted to save, I don't know what, 20 minutes of commute? No, listen. That's 20 minutes of, of commute. No, you have to understand me. 
I could have stayed there and yeah, paid right. two grand a month, and right. now and now they're going for like twenty five hundred. And commuted forty five minutes exactly. rather than like walking to work. Or How long does it take you to go from your place, current place? Well, it was a different group place then. Door to door on the, on the motorcycle, six yeah. minutes. So, if you had the same, exact same motorcycle? 30. 30. What? Not, not 30. My motorcycle, 20 minutes. 20 I think minutes, maybe my, my best time might have been like, might have been like 18 minutes or something. So, but so the point is, I was, more. it was worth being there when I was paying a low price. As they increased the price, it wasn't as much worth being. So would you move back the for the same price, seventeen something? No, I don't think so. Because now you could get an Upper West Side. Yeah, now. An Upper West no, Side. No, not the same. Not the same building at all. It was a very nice building. It was a very nice building. I get that, but it lost it lost the value. And I look at rentals as fluid movement, and if you want to settle down. You know how many availabilities they have there now? No, you know. Zero. Zero, which Zero, is because why? Because they're good value. Hey, <laughs> well, my budget, my budget at the time of forty increased. months higher. No, then, then blame it on the fact that your budget. Thank you, Cindy. Increased, not that. Oh, you got priced out of your apartment. You didn't get priced out of your apartment. Your budget. I didn't get priced out. I didn't get priced out. see the value of like because I lost at that time. But some other people, some other people may move and spend less money because they're getting priced up. Either way, as the price moves, you have to personally evaluate. But the price moving is what affects you, and you have to move either somewhere that is now cheaper. No, that's just justify the move when you move hundred percent. Uh, however, you also have to understand that there's a new generation coming over, and this new generation doesn't want to own things. They want to rent things. They want to lease a car. They want to rent. Stupid. They, they, they want to rent. So, no, you know, if you have if you have the income, sometimes yeah, exactly. it's no, nice to exactly. not have responsibility. People, a lot of people don't have the income to buy something, but they do have the income to rent something. Right. And so it's wrong. And, and, and you should yeah, exactly. you should rent. A, but then again, it's a new generation. It's a new generation that is coming in colliding with the old generation. The old generation wants to buy things and settle down. The new generation wants to rent things because they don't want any responsibility. They still haven't learned at the, the age that we're living in now with COVID that they shouldn't do that. But, but then leasing, again, leasing think about a car. Leasing and owning a brand new car. Some people would rather lease, property. which costs more. It's different than property. It is. But, but with the lease, right. you can change it out every two years or every right. three years. Right. And a car loses 75% of its value in the property. first five years. It's different. In the first five years, a car loses 75% of, of its value. It's different. Okay, well, it is different because the property value typically increases. All the, all the yeah, one is an asset, the other one is a liability. But it's a lot of people don't have that long-term vision exactly. in ownership. Not only do they lack like the long-term vision, even if they had it, the barrier to entry is very high yeah. because things cost a lot more now. Real estate costs a lot more You also have to understand that the, uh, back in your times or back in the other generation, uh, people wanted to settle at the age of 25. They no, wanted to have kids and everything. Like, oh, what now, I want now, what I want now versus what I want in the future. Yeah. Now, what this, I want yeah. now is like, I want the doorman, I want this and this and that. What I want in the future is so they don't think about the future. It's what I want no. now in, in the meantime, right now. Right now, well, I'm not I, saying that it's bad or good. Well, what I did was I moved into a rental mm -hmm. so I could use that down payment to open a business. And I was looking, I was simultaneously looking at buying a place, but, but you, I used you, that, I used the money in the bank. Did you move in uh, like above your means or like close to your means? No, you moved into a place that was like I moved into an affordable place, but I used the money in my bank to open a business. So right. that's why renting, in my case, was a lucrative financial decision. Really? Whereas, if, it's, if it's below your means. If it's below my means, yeah. If it's below my means, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I looked at apartments that were thousands of dollars more in the right. building. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't necessarily see spending more money on a rental as a reasonable, logical right. thing to do. Unless, unless your work is there and you're, like, making this amount of money. So I feel like we really lost the political train. Yeah, we, on we, this one. We, yeah, we, now we're just talking about rental right prices. We're very Manhattan focused, but so I think I think renting left. in a lot of other markets makes sense too. If depending on depending on what your financial setup is, if you have the down payment, but 
you can use that just like I did. You can use that down payment to invest in other vehicles and the renting at the end of the day, you know, you, you're spending a certain amount of money in interest when you buy. Well, if you invest in a vehicle right now, and sell Not, it I don't, in a year, I don't need a vehicle, a car. I don't need a vehicle, a car. Yeah, but we're comparing two different uh, things. We're comparing one asset and we're comparing one liability. A car will always be a liability. And and a and a house is always an asset. It will always increase in value. So well, I mean, for me, it doesn't make sense to buy a brand new. No, no, unless you have a great amount of disposable income. Yeah. But then you know it's like going out to eat and spending twelve hundred dollars on a dinner, which you could do easily. We could go out now. We could order a couple of steaks, a couple of bottles, four or five of us. It's still gonna be fifty-six dollars. I'm old gang. All right. We could we could we could get it. Many times we've been out, and the bills have been in yeah, the in the four else. digits. I don't think I've ever been out. They've been in the five digits, but maybe you have. Five digits. That's that's yeah. That's nine thousand into then you get ten thousand. That's what I'm saying. I've never been. I've never been to a, a meal that's cost in the five digits. I've been to four digit meals. Oh yeah, I've never paid for a five-digit one, but, but I've been there. I think it's a good place to have been to a, a, a you know five-digit costing. Meal. It was it wasn't there. It was the drinks. That's how it works. That's how it works in New York City. Now, when you want to order drinks, you have to. The yeah. governor requires that you order. That doesn't food. make any fucking and it, sense. And it can't be chips. It has to be. Hold on, listen. So you gotta walk in the place food. with a mask. You sit down. You take off mask but then you gotta use the bathroom you gotta put on the mask on listen because the only way you cannot get this virus if you sit down at a restaurant you can't get it uh, i i honestly i honestly cannot wait until we the, until the conversation about this election until the conversation about coronavirus is just something we don't talk about yeah. nobody talks about where barack obama was born anymore i don't want anybody to talk about what a fucking uh, the election and Biden and Biden's son and Trump and his kids. And, Hunter, Hunter, and I don't want I don't want people talking about the fucking coronavirus and wearing masks. I want to talk about it as a memory, somebody as a memory, and I don't want it. I don't want it to be like I don't even remember what was like the highlight of 2019. 20, 20. 2019. What was the highlight of that year? Oh, oh, oh. We had a terrific. What was the no? Trump wasn't a highlight news wise in two thousand. Trump was two thousand sixteen. Yeah, that was two thousand sixteen highlight. That was. Um, what was trending all the time long? Like, oh, we're gonna peach him. That's that's how, that's yeah. how fucked up this year is because it made us forget about what happened in two thousand eighteen, nineteen. Also, we have information overload, and I'm waiting for the transition. I know what happened to me. I don't have. I don't know what. I'm waiting for the transition when we have. What was the biggest news that happened to, uh, that you saw on TV of 2019? Exactly. What I'm waiting for is when we when we hit an information overload as a society, and people start backing off the of social media. People don't have Twitter, Snapchat, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. They just do one or the other, and they're not across all boards, and they don't interact as much. We don't follow as many people. We do. We do a we major compression. We people for their opinions. We we do a major compression of what you're following. Back in the day, your only outside contact was like newspaper and the three people you work with. If we if we had this type of, of, of social interactions through devices, we would have had the same thing with every other president, maybe. Yeah, no, I think there's a very good chance we would have major chaos when it comes to same, elections same and all this bullshit same going thing, on. But it's just like too much. If you tune all that shit out, you're going to be living your life the same way you've been living your life. That's it. Well, be besides the virus, of course. Well, we're also course. lucky enough to... Uh, we're also lucky Unless enough to have grown up off. before social media and before the internet and before that shit. Uh, at least... At least, <laughs> at, at least... At least I have experienced a lot of that. Um, but, uh, so, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pour another quick drink and we're going to top this one off and I think we'll sign off relatively shortly, but 
I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit the comments. I'm gonna hit the comments in a minute. I want to see what questions people have. Remember, guys, no questions are off limits. And again, we are getting ready to watch this debate. Long on to the debate. Another debate. Another hour and a half, and I'm gonna try to get. Uh, gonna try to get this because the debate's on YouTube now. All of a sudden, I'll try to get this online quick. So I'm gonna hit the. Um, That's another thing, right? Before the base, that used to be on. All right, guys, just bear with me. Uh, why can't people see my face with a face mask? Uh, why bother putting on lipstick? Uh, <laughs> have you seen a girl's masks, by the way? Yellow. yellow. Oh, my God. Fun. They're it's like... so yellow uh, because of the makeup. The amount of makeup that they put in and they take the mask. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, it, it really... The makeup color I'm depends on... <laughs> makeup color depends on complexion. So, really, yellow, yellow. explains... Every kind of makeup that you wear turns into yellow. Oh, you brown. On a white, I was on a white mask. I was gonna say brown. Well, lipstick. But lipstick. Uh, mine is red sometimes. No, your your lipstick. No, is the, red. the tip that I go for. All right, go let me hit. <laughs> let me let me hit some more comments. There's no rent control in South Africa. Oh, really? It <laughs> does not surprise me. Um, Carol, who mentioned something about having an aunt in West Village, didn't join. She said her parents know more about it than she does. Um, I would have enjoyed a female perspective and point of view on that rent control side. Carol. Yeah, we should talk about more drastic uh, Carol topics Ferrucci. like the one that we had the last time you were here. Uh, if it is one or two oh. a.m. at a bar, oh, and I'll take you to my apartment. What do you mean take? If I take you to well, my apartment. Too late. This was, this was my last new contract deal should be short period depending on actual. New uh, new contract deals should be short period depending on actual situation. New contract deals are basically a year, but either way, once you move into a place over 30 days, it becomes a lifelong fucking contract and the landlord loses ownership of that physical space. And that's that's kind of my biggest concern here. Uh, what's up, Tori? Tori says, hi, I buy throwaway ones because your whole face is on the inside of the masks. Uh, let me... Uh, I have a rent stabilized apartment. My family's been over there 50 years. Incredible, that's your home. I understand. I understand, Jan. Hold up. So so Jan says her family's had a rent rent stabilized apartment. They've been there for 50 years. Jan, let me know where the apartment is. My thinking is when they signed that first year lease, at a certain point, they became the owners of that physical space. And my thinking is. It's, it's when the ink of that pen hit that paper, they now own that physical space. And why is that? Because if I let you borrow my car, when does my car become yours? If you rent the, my car for me. Can the landlord at any point be like, listen, I don't want to renew your lease? No, because the laws are more the laws. But what I'm saying is, where does the person who's renting it, where do they believe in their mind that that property has transitioned from the owners to theirs. And I'm not picking sides. You know, because I've been, been in my apartment. I've been in my apartment and I feel like it's mine. Yeah. But just like a co-op, you don't own the physical space. Yeah. You can't, in many co-ops, you can't paint the walls. Yeah. So in a lease, which is a lesser type ownership than a co-op because there's zero ownership, the people decide that that's their space forever. In a co-op, you can get kicked out of the building. And they'll dissolve your chairs, your share, you'll get paid out. But in a rental oh, building, out, like, in a rental building, that doesn't exist. And rental is a lesser ownership than co-op ownership. So I'm just, I, what I want to know is, Jan, and uh, Jan, I hope you're listening. At a certain point, your, your family put ink on paper and they took possession. They put their belongings inside of someone else's property. But they've been there for 50 years. So they, to a certain degree, are going to be very reluctant to give the space up. In their mind is a certain type of ownership that's going on. If I let you borrow my car and you pay me to borrow it, at what point do I not get to have that car back? Do I not, as the owner of the vehicle, get to dictate when I get that car back? So at what point when your family put that pen on paper, because you know the original agreement didn't agree that they never get to surrender it. It's the laws constituted that. At what point did they decide that they have ownership? And did they not decide that the laws dictate that 
but I'm sure they believe that they have full right to the property and no one's coming between them and their bed when they, you know, when they put the key in the door. And as a renter, you don't have as much of a responsibility as the owner. You're the renter and something is wrong. Now, also, if, if there's like a, all the yeah, if there's, if they're, if they're the renter and there's a leak, yeah. if there's a leak or the stove doesn't work, it's not on them to replace it. So it's a really convoluted ownership structure when you don't actually own it. But the owner as far as anybody is concerned, yeah. you put that key in the lock, that thing better turn, and you better have a bed to sleep on inside. So that's that's my concern. I want to go back to the comments real quick. My daughter's here. It's my home. Emotional attachment, sure, but I don't. I'm not talking emotion. I want to know. Uh, I want uh, to know logics here. Yeah. So, um, you think it's a good idea to cut mics off during the debate? So, Sari Caldwell says, no. "Do you think it's a good idea to cut mics during the debate?" You don't think so? Not really, because the moderator should be more powerful person that should yeah. moderate them. That's the reason why Joe Rogan should have been the moderator. Oh, come on. Yeah. All right, but here's what I want to say. You put a referee in a boxing match. The referee, hold on, listen to me. The ref you listen to Bob hey, listen to me, listen to me. Saying listen to me. Be listen to me. You put a referee in a boxing match. You, like when you're ready. You put a referee in a boxing match. Right. And the boxers, which are animals, savage Mike animals, Tyson. pumped up on testosterone. Right. They're all hyped up. And those motherfuckers want to chew each other's eyeballs out. That referee, that referee has to divide them, but cannot. Is that a bad referee? I don't think so because he I don't think him, I don't not always. I don't think he steps in and does this. And typically, 100%. and typically they back off each other, yeah. except in, except for the first time ever what? in this last debate. No, but this is you're talking about boxing. So for the first time, thing. for the first time in boxing, these are words. These are fucking punches right. going in your face. For the first yeah, time ever, for the first time ever, the you two boxers, worry. one boxer eats the face off another boxer. Come on, man. One boxer <laughs> eats the face off another boxer, and you say, "Well, the referee should have stopped them." It's not the same. It's like the UFC. It's basically like the UFC. If you're a referee at the UFC, you cannot do anything against these monsters. Yeah. These monsters, it's just all about their... It's, like it's all about... It's like no, 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 yeah, I know, I know. But it's all about their self-control. If me being the if monster one that lacks I am... If one lacks self-control. No self if one lacks... Over, no, dude, this guy's punching him in the face two, three, four times after the, the referee stops it. So you can't, like, do it. No, no, you have to understand that if... Mm. You know the, how a battle begins. You talk shit about my family. You Listen, talk shit about whatever, whatever. Yeah. So I'm pumped. I, I'm really, I'm so ready to go there and kill you. Here. So I we're go gonna, there. Cancel culture. Yeah. I go off. there. I go there. Listen, I go there. But this isn't boxing. And what we have is we have the electronic ability to cut a mic. So yeah, this is boxing awesome. where you have the oh. ability to have two brute motherfuckers come in and pull the boxers off each other and separate them. Man, you just have a wall. That will yeah, yeah. You exactly. Get there and boom. You can no longer hear each other. Yeah. That's the best thing that can happen. Well, you're a Trump. Do you want to get punched in the face? <laughs> no, it's not. I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm agree. I, I agree with I you. I don't think. I, don't, I think I think the rule is like, okay, maybe Joe Rogan should be the yeah. the guy. Because he like, can literally be like, if he's talking at a time, if he's talking whatever, you just get slapped in the face or get punched in the face. Yeah. Well, and there's like, oh no, and you can fucking. I would, I would like to, I would like to see the Joe Rogan thing happen, but I actually don't think he would be a great debate moderator. Oh, he would be great. And I, I don't think he would navigate the conversation. Well, he, 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 he interviewed but Bernie he, Sanders. But Joe Rogan, Bernie Sanders. Joe Rogan typically, which we're Bernie struggling Sanders. with now with three people. Joe Rogan typically is one on one. Yeah. Typically. Yeah, but the thing is, no, that, they, no, no, they have you three to be four dudes. Yeah, but they typically. Have one-on-one, -on -one, and it's much easier to yeah, regulate one -on -one. A, another person when it's one-on-one. -on -one. But you also have to have you also have to have that manliness in you to actually control the room, and that's the thing that they're lacking. The manliness to be like, hey, listen, you have your time to talk. It's time for him to talk. Oh, and you look at me, they, they look at me in the eyes. Unless there's a rule, you can punch him in the face. And that's the reason why you have to be close to there's no fucking button. But look, think back, thing. think back about American politics, and think about a, back about politics. Like a reality general. show because this we're talking about now. the last democracy in the world. There are many people that have gotten in fistfights in the history of American democracy, and there are people that have challenged each other to duels. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's yeah. isn't that how Alexander Hamilton died? Yeah, that's yeah. happened. So and, and, and his son, Andrew, Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson. I don't know if that's how he died, but I don't if you have conflicts, you should be able to settle it between. But it's not a that's not how people work, man. People don't people don't fight out of confidence. People don't debate out of confidence. Most people. No, like if you want like a certain. I just first have to first have to agree to a battlefield, right? Unless it's well, war. And so we need and to agree, hundred percent. So we need to agree if this battlefield will allow, yeah, exactly. if this battlefield will exactly. allow for mutamites. No, I don't agree with that. Well, we, then that. we have to agree in the battlefield. If yeah. you, if you were, exactly. you have to exactly. agree on the terms of the battle exactly. before entering into battle. Exactly. Yeah. I don't agree with that. And if one person agrees on the, so back in war, it used to be people would line up. No, different there, rows of people, no, hear me out, yeah, and shoot at each other, yeah. and, and okay, that's and, in America, and then and then they die. Well, also British culture, British history. So, but well, it just like takes fucking... it just takes the first person. That shot. <laughs> it just takes the first guy to. It takes the first British guy to go up to. Not we have major time difference, but it takes the first British guy to say, "Hey, my troops agreed to line up twelve in a row, thirty rows, and we're just going to shoot at you guys." And the, and the Spartans like. What do you mean the Spartans? You can't. No, hold, no, hold, no, hold, 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 and then they line up, and the Spartans are just like, yeah, and obliterate the people that are pretty strong. They're center lining up. So it just takes that one person to cheat on the rules. Yeah. What do you mean cheat on the rules? We're agreeing on the field, right? To begin with. Right. Yes. That's what we it know. just but when you agree and then somebody cheats, who's your audience? You can't compare the two. Well, that's what we just do it. That's what we just did. The Spartans and you can't bring the British with guns. Oh, yeah. The three hundred would have survived if they had the three guns. Um, Xerxes would have won that battle if you had guns. Just one gun, one. Uh, if you put five, it'll be enough. No, listen, if you had one gun, all. Xerxes would have been like, "Oh, that's not bad." <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that being said, listen, I, I believe the only reason why Trump got elected is because we took him as a joke. Is? We took him as a joke. Every single news media, every single one, like, oh, this is a joke. He said this, he said that, and they all laugh about it. I they think all laugh about him and the things that he said and how stupid he sounded and how dumb his tweets were and whatever. And I remember uh, Trevor Noah. All of these people used to just make him a clown. And that make him bigger. That actually is yeah. spread all over Hold on, when, when you look back, is it is it is it as the same as the media portrayed it? Like they say, oh, Donald Trump is a racist. He said all Mexicans are not good. From the office, had the same thing. Yeah, if you only I never liked the dude, but I'm like, I'm like neutral. So I'm like, show me the show me the article. Show me where he says this. But show me the whole thing. And he never just, said that shit. Never said what? Never said like all oh, Mexicans are bad people. It's a, it's a um, bad hombres. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hombres are There's people. some bad hombres that come into the country. Of course. Yeah. Every country that there's immigrants coming through, there's some fucking bad people that come through. In Bosnia, what? there's a minimum, <laughs> minimum of people that come through. Where's my black people? <laughs> but some people You're punch right. old women. Some people stab people. Not that just being a man. Uh-huh. Um, um, being a man is stabbing an old woman in the chest. <clears throat> so uh i'm gonna sign off on that you got some bad hombres out there some bad hombres. no you yeah. just have to understand you have one thing is uh, your your brain gets really into if you want to hear something that your brain wants here you're gonna go and gravitate towards the news if but if you are a neutral if you're a neutral human being you actually read upon it but it's so hard to read, it's so tiring that you just read the headlines and you're like, well, I, I, I agree with that, then I'll go with no, it. Or, I read. don't agree with that, and then I, I'm not going with it. So, you don't you know. need to read, you just gotta look at it logically. What logic but there's not sense? enough logic, people. 
There's no, not enough no, smart people. There's not as enough. A, as an individual yeah. human being, yeah. logically, what makes sense? You gotta look at I that. Know. I'm gonna enjoy my last sip of uh, Buchanan supplied by Andreas Battaglia, connoisseur of fine spirits, sommelier, and all around passionate human being. Uh, we also have Midhead Josic, Mito, real estate uh, extraordinaire, Queens. You're not Queens native, are you? Okay. Well, the Bosnian native. Yeah, Bosnian native. Queens, Bronx. Queens real estate. Grew up in the Bronx. He is. Uh, he's one bad hombre. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. Sip Dog episode forty-eight. We'll catch you guys soon. Cheers. Cheers. All right. That was it. Um, hopefully, we didn't drink too much, and most of that made sense. Um, I did my best to corral the conversation into one place. Um, but let me know what you think. Let me know what you want to hear about. And uh, just show some love, man. All right. See you guys. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.